Garden and the Moon is a knowledge center bringing together teachings and insights, experiences and stories, people and beings. Hi everyone, uh, it is my great pleasure to introduce you to a new, very dear and profound friend of mine, Madita, who um, I met in Byron Bay, which is a very special and I feel auspicious, auspicious place in uh, Australia. Uh, Byron Bay is located on a bed of crystals and it's surrounded by rainbows. And when I first met Madita, it was uh, January 1st of this year, actually, watching the sunrise, it truly felt like she was a rainbow. And as I got to meet her and understand her story and actually understand her work, um, I can say that she's a, she's an enlightened rainbow. And it's, I'm so happy she's able to be here and share a story with us and share her passion, share who she is, how she sees the world and, um, and really how she heals the world. Oh, thank you so much, Emily, for having me in your beautiful podcast. That was really an amazing start to this year, meeting you like quarter to five in the morning. <laughs> We even couldn't see our faces in the dark outside <laughs> and just heading for the sunrise and heading, having this really beautiful atmospheric moment to start the year together, even not knowing us. Exactly. And yeah. I felt like we've known each other, even if we didn't know each other. And one of the first thing and question I have for you is, if you had to present yourself, where would you say you are from? Because to me, that's when one of the striking thing about you is that I truly feel you're from the world, actually. Yeah. How do you feel? Hmm. This is a good question because I feel I belong to the whole world, like not only a country, because there are so many beautiful places in the world that really touch me and that feel so sacred. The big mountains all over the countries, the beautiful lagoons you can find in the mountains or even just astonishing waterfalls or whatever. But I would also say a part of me is belonging to the stars and there I come from. Mm. So on which perspective, I would say I'm a child of the earth and of the stars. Mm. Both. Wow. And for the people who are listening, where were you first stars in a way? Like where were they the stars of you know, Germany, where they are the stars of Peru, because those two countries are really important in your story. Yeah. Um, where there are other stars, you know, from the galaxy. Which I belong, which I feel I belong to, or mm -hmm. what do you mean? Both, actually, which you feel you belong to and which you, you've been, you know, like, a, that has been part of your story in a way. Mm -hmm. 
Well, part of my story definitely is also the country and the place where I was born with my physical body. Mm -hmm. So I'm born in Germany, in the northern rough part where it rains the whole year. <laughs> We have no snow and even no summer. It's just rain. No, just not so heavy, but in a way it feels like for... <laughs> The citizen <laughs> of my city, it feels like that. And I have a strong sense of home there. Because when you are born, the teachings of the old shamans from the high Andes are that the moment you were born, you got to receive a godfather and a godmother from nature. That belong to your place of birth. So I feel a really strong connection to my city, Bremen, through the river that flows there. Mm -hmm. Every time I'm just standing at the river, Weser, Mama Weser, then it just touches my heart because I feel, yeah, this is the energy I know. Maybe you know that also when you come back from a holiday or whatever, then you got that certain smell in your city. You got that certain feeling of, oh, I know it here. And it's not just a thing of um, being used to something. It's just also about the energy every certain city or place holds all over the world. And it's completely different from city to city, from village to village, depending on the nature forces that are there. So even though in my, I would say, hard journey <laughs> throughout my life, uh, I feel more like a yeah, child of the whole earth and I can feel home at any places that I really like, that touch my heart. But my origin here as Madita on earth it's definitely in Bremen mm. there are some roots I would say that I have and I've lived there also for 40 years which is a really really long time half half of life I would say mm, yeah. yeah and how did you get to meet um, Peru and the and the mountains and that lineage that you're part of yeah so um, maybe to explain that to all people that are listening, um, I am walking the path of the so-called Pampa Misayoch, which means servants of the earth in the old traditional Quechua language, which is the indigenous language of the Andes of Peru. And when I was in my beginning of the 20s, <laughs> I was just in rock and roll business. I was sound engineer, just only working at nights, mixing all the bands that were coming to the clubs in my town and creating an atmosphere of sound as engineer. And I was studying music. And in the same time, my body flipped totally. Like I was full of pain. I got tinnitus on both sides. I could not work anymore. It was just like, oh my God, all my dreams were destroyed. Hmm. Like, oh God, what are you going to do? And I really had to find a path. I, I had nothing to do until that age of my mid-twenties with 
any kind of shamanism or even had not the longing to visit any of those workshops <laughs> with the woolen skirt ladies in the long hair and the feathers in the hair that I have my own now in the hair, a lot of feathers. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Me yeah. Too. So that was the the way I started to explore or where I felt a calling of, okay, I really have a need of self-healing. And despite all things that I tried in my town, like acupuncture, nature, how you say, like uh, neuropaths, mm -hmm. uh, natural, path. natural path healers, uh, meditation, I was in special hospitals, clinics, retreats. They did so many stuff on my body and nothing helped. Mm. And then it was a really quick process where just a book crossed my path and like four months later, I found myself in the high Andes of Peru above a level of, I would say, 5,500 meter above sea level. And in front of me, that huge mountains, the big mountains from Osangata, like 7,000 meters high with white glaciers. And was sitting there with a group of tourists <laughs> with our North Face jackets and pants on, like all colored in that rain clothes. And in the circle in front of us, like too old of the old shamans with their brown skin and the wrinkles around their eyes and, and mm. the dirt under their nails from being farmers. And we were having a ceremony and they passed around coca leaves where we should blow in our, our need for healing and also our prayers. And I was just sitting there with that tremendous headache thinking holy shit what are you doing here mm. how is this mandala and these coca leaves gonna help you help your body and your situation it's even worse here in that altitude than mm. in germany what are you doing here and then i just said thank you and i just did it just participating in everything every ceremony and that three weeks were really touching me the land mm. was touching me the country was touching me the ceremonies were touching me and it just felt right and i came back to germany continuing these prayer bundles these offerings mm. not knowing why i just did a mountains of them wow so interesting yeah and what was that book that you were mentioning that you know book came across and that opened your eyes to yeah. that that was actually a personal healing story of one of my first teachers a guy from the u.s mm. really known in the world alberto Uriolo was an anthropologist and psychologist also psychologist could be <clears throat> exploring um the the Andean traditions. Mm. He was really one of the pioneers in the 80s exploring that. And he wrote a book about his own story and that was just crossing my path. Wow. Everything yeah. has a meaning. Wow. Yeah, it was just like that. And uh, yeah, actually when I was back, um, 
I just started to find out where I could learn about that. Like I could feel that some months later something changed. I just felt not alone anymore. And now, like nearly 15 years later, I can say I know why. Because it was a really clever act of reconnecting my energy with Mother Earth through the prayer bundles. Mm. Just like reawakening the cycle that we have. Like I give my energy while doing that beautiful offering and I got a return. Because mm. this is the main principle, like the main principle of reciprocity. If you give something, you definitely get something back, whatever. Mm but from the source you're giving to it's like that and mm. so that happened and then i started my path with going on international trainings through many many years i six years i was traveling all around the world to meet the teachers of peru mm. and because i was studying spanish my spanish was really good and I started to pick out my masters that I was just continuing my path after these group trainings for years. And mm. on a personal, I would say also friendship level, because supporting them in their way of being a farmer sometimes needs financially help or whatever. So it was just the way mm. it happened. Wow, it's amazing. And I think what's really fascinating is like, to see that you had like almost like this burning desire, you know, like to to be on this path because I can imagine and we are almost the same age and I remember in my 20s, like it was the very beginning, you know, of like thinking about, you know, like spiritual approaches and, um, you know, like alternative ways of like, you know, looking at connection with with what we call call god or like mother nature or you know whatever it is so it took a lot of courage for you to to be on your path i'm sure oh definitely um, i've i've dedicated my whole money in that yeah <laughs> just like working like crazy with really different jobs all the time and even though i must say like my purpose was never just to become healer or whatever i mm. just wanted to find the healing in my body mm. that was my main purpose to heal myself and actually I did it took me five years but I understood how I can regain balance in myself to, through mm. reconnection but actually that was the first years it was just that thing to really get out of my situation and I was just working to spend all the money the next day to the next flights and workshops and ha having a really big yes, I would say. Mm. In that time, I just didn't know what I was doing. I just did. Mm. And that's interesting what you say, that those teachers were actually like all over the world. So they were not only in Peru then. I mean, even if it was no. that same, you know, like teaching, it was in different places, right? This is so interesting. Thank you that you asked that because it's really, I find it really amazing because um, like Peru is a really spiritual country. When you go to Cusco, wow, you find yourself emerging in spiritual stuff in every corner, whatever, reading coca leaves like Oracle or Divination or whatever. But the really elders that you only find in the mountains 
are not many left. Mm. So I would say maybe five to ten. Really the good ones. And knowing that, for me, it's really a wonder how big their impact is on the world because they get invitations from all over the world. They fly to Hawaii. They fly mm. to the US. They all around Europe. I don't know if they've been to Australia too, whatever, but re Europe is a really famous place for them. There's mm. so much need from the people in Europe to reconnect to the earth because we are so much in our thinking over there in that society and not so much in the heart. And just knowing that there are not many elders mm. left and how much they travel, even in their ages around like the oldest master I know, which is a really known wise man and older from the village. It's that is called Kurak Akuye. That means Kurak Akuye, the one who chews wisdom. And he's 85, Don Mariano Quispe, mm. uh, Flores Quispe. And he's traveling all around the world in his age. It's amazing. Mm. And it feels like these just bunch of shamans <laughs> over mm. there hold a vision for the whole world mm. and find the people to step forward and to remember and building their own altar of light where they collect stones and bring in the wisdom of the Andes and spread it in their community. It's mm. an amazing thing when I think about that. Mm. You know, I'm not the only one. Mm. I'm, I would say, in my town in Germany, really a rare, a rare person. But there are many, many other people all around the world and in Europe that step up for that vision and bringing, merging in their own medicine into that path. Mm. And do you think like you've chosen that or do you think you were chosen? <laughs> Both. Mm. It's always an offering you can say yes to. Right. But, you know, I remember... I still have it on a, how you call it, tape. Mm. Before you had CDs in the 80s, yes. tapes. Hey, just do you know, I remember just, that time too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My nephews don't even CD, don't know even CDs anymore. But okay, yeah. I had tapes when I was <laughs> young. And um, my father used to record just our voices, mm. just small dialogues when you start to speak as a child. And one of the first words he showed me was, and now you can laugh, Titicaca. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I learned Titicaca like a three-year-old girl. I knew what Titicaca Lake was. I said, oh my God, what's that? See, <laughs> that's not a coincidence <laughs> at all. It's so interesting. Yeah. Because there are many ways and avenues you could go to, you know, like you could explore like Hinduism, you could essentially they're a bit saying the same thing, you know, like with, with different um, and beautiful like ways to connect with it. But I think it's, it, it's so clear to me, like the way you explain about your story that you were on a path and you are on a path. Like yeah. it, it is very clear. Yeah, I also feel that 
now I would say like in mm. my first years I was just my focus was just on that self-healing and I had no <laughs> no time or even no capacity to think about what is my path or what not mm. <laughs> but it um I can say I really feel home in in doing that work and being well whatever a bridge person to that tradition Mm. And I, the more years pass, the more I can feel also the need for it in different countries. Like, mm. ah, yeah, maybe we would do decide in another way, or even in economics, do other decisions if we are a company owner or whatever. Saying, of course, if I knew about my reciprocity with Earth with Pachamama then maybe I would decide in a different way. When I just make clear to myself that nature is not only a thing we got food from or whatever, but it's also important for inspiration and for your the health of your soul. Because yes. you're interconnected in any moment. And you know, that's so interesting what you're saying because that's a huge dream of mine that, you know, wellness or healing or reconnection with nature crosses every aspect of society and not just, you know, like a, a wellness kind of like group or like, you know, people who are into like and more connected to, to those kind of things, but really like across the society, even mm -hmm. young kids. Yeah. Imagine learning that at school. Imagine you teaching a group of young kids or elderly are, are they, as they're going through the next stage of life, you know, like, but also you're right, the corporate world. I think it's so interesting and needed, you know? Yeah. And um, which leads to a question also, like, when was that turning point where you, you've, you've observed that you turn the healing on yourself to healing others. Like, you know, like that completion almost like because you found your own healing, mm. then you were able to heal others. Mm. I would say it was fluid mm -hmm. through many years because in my self-healing journey, I healed bit by bit different aspects and I started to share ceremonies and the bit that I knew mm. or the bit that I experienced really early but the I would say stepping into my full power really happened about after eight years mm. something around that where I could really feel, yeah, I have integrated so much of that energy and that wisdom that anybody else who is out of balance won't touch my balance anymore, no matter what happens in the mm. session or in the class or whatever. So it took me really yeah, quite a year and I'm still learning mm. about myself and about integration, but... Mm, the beautiful thing with this tradition is that it's based on a on a medicine bundle where you 
put initiated stones in and, and with these stones they represent your cosmos so there are the elements in and it's in in every bundle the same they call it mesa mm. and every mesa contains all the same elements because we have all the same elements but what is different is your relation to each element mm. it could be that you have a good relation to the wind element or even a bad one then you wouldn't feel the stone vibrating or pulsing in your hand giving you healing this is all about talking to nature so the these bundle you finish after i finished it after four years i took today the training in many many groups is one year or two years we are just speeding up in time mm. healing is needed point yeah that's right but for me it, if i first started two years and then other four years so when it was really really finished it was six years in mm. total running through all the initiations and ceremonies that you are gonna reawaken your seeds of light in yourself and mm. the power of your three centers there's a really structure behind that system mm. it's not random there's a real structure of initiations and that cosmos you really go through to integrate all these parts. Mm. You have to spend time on the elements, working with the mountains, making pilgrimages, just grabbing your rucksack and really go for it to really and like to really get the medicine out of it. Mm. So but the point is when you um, when you finish your process the, the like going through having all your stones and running through all the ceremonies you really become your own teacher in a way mm. of course you still have teachers and masters that help you growing more and more into your power and into your love but then you have a really strong connection to your own medicine bundle and you receive teachings from the stones and the cosmos directly mm. because you build up a relationship and this is so beautiful just like you can see that also with kids kids love stones and when they when you give them stones or crystals or whatever they just start to play with it and find it beautiful and everything they start to have a relation like a friendship mm. when i talk about a relation i talk about friendship not only knowing that it exists, but really having interaction. Mm. So how what I would what I would like to ask is really like how is your interaction, how is your relation to earth really? Like we all know it's important. We all know the treasures about that, but how is your daily interaction with that? Do you talk with it? Do you blow blessings into a leaf and put it on the ground? Do you breathe in the sun and breathe it out? Or how is the relation? How do you interact? So and what we learn is to remember the interaction. Mm. So that means you learn it with the stones. Like taking care of it. Taking it into your hand. Blowing in, praying, telling the stone what you need. And just... Um, tuning into the language of your body which is not a language of talk or even thoughts it's a language of feeling mm. and body reaction this is the language nature speaks and this is about to remember to coming home back to your body coming home 
And from there, you start to speak a different language. And this is what the stones in this tradition teach you. Mm. And I have always been a stone lover. I collected stones as a kid. I had a bunch of stones when I was starting this training, this path, and they all went in. (laughs) Of course. Um, Yeah, but this is the really the way I find so beautiful about this tradition that you really learn from the first stone on what does it mean to have a relationship with a stone what does it mean to have a friendship with a stone and to learn that stones are not sleeping we say in Germany oh I slept so well like a stone I say that you have that saying Other countries say, I sleep like a baby. Mm -hmm. And in Germany, we say, (laughs) it's so funny. I slept like a stone. And when I said that the first time to my my teachers, they said, ah, muy interesante, interesting. (laughs) Stones are sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, they are not. They are really conscious about your touch, about your breath. They sense it. And they are the oldest beings on earth, like 4.6 billion years old. Mm. What was there the first time? Microorganisms, we had a methane gas atmosphere, and the microorganisms were turning sun rays into oxygen, photosynthesis. And what was else there before water? Stones. The grandmothers and grandfathers of the earth. Mm-hmm. And these stones are material from the stars. So what are we talking about? The whole cosmos. The origin of everything is in here. And you just can learn to speak their language and to reconnect and then remember yourself. Mm. So, and, yeah. And how do you create that set of stones? You know, like let's say... You live somewhere in Turkey and, you know, you want to start that process. Is it an initiation that needs to happen with the shaman like you and they would, like, help you find those um, important stones for you yes. to start that connection? Mm, you definitely need a teacher. Mm. Um, you choose your stones your own, but they need to be connected. Mm to the energy and you need guidance through that process to not get caught up in your mind it's just like when you go to a party Mm. barbecue party or whatever you're invited by a friend and then there are many other friends maybe that you don't know and then it says oh emily look this is my beloved friend madita from germany just have a nice evening, enjoy, and then you get to know each other. You need a presenter, Mm. a a bridge in between. And then you decide, like, okay, how will I connect to Emily? And then spending time with her and getting to know her, talking to her, telling her my story, listening to her story, then maybe exchanging telephone numbers and creating a friendship and then maybe one year later i gotta say calling you and saying you know what i'm gonna move to byron bay could you help me for the move 
just getting my boxes done and you would say of course I come mm. but a person that you wouldn't know would not help you yes it, you know and this is what is about relation in nature when the shamans heal with their medicine stones they call on the forces they are not just doing anything with their own energy they are the callers they also call them humbway kamiyoks the one who's able to call the forces because mm. of friendship and asking the forces praying asking the forces to bring healing to that body, to aligning the soul, to solve the emotional conflicts, to bring peace into the whole, all, all the fragments, into the whole system of the beautiful person. And then the forces come because you called, and then they let it happen. Mm. So, and this is the process to build up your own medicine bundle needs guidance mm. until it's completed to help you really grow a good relationship to all the stones and all the energies, the cosmos that are represented in the medicine bundle. Mm. Definitely, yes. That's amazing. And I feel like um, we need so many of you <laughs> in this world because I do feel like that urgent need of healing that people have right now and the earth is mm -hmm. having right now and many direction and and also it's a bit overwhelming for a lot of people to to um, to know to to select the right forces versus the superficial forces mm -hmm. that can also be harmful right You mean like selecting courses or everything, or just selecting where to go? Selecting courses or? and teachers, maybe teachers. teachers. Yeah. Mm. Um, finding the right teachers, I think, is is, yeah. is difficult for most people um, to understand who, because today it's so easy to be anything, right? To be. Ah, uh, yeah. You just book a, a course teacher. online. Exactly. You just book a. You know, right? So. It's like maybe you have some tips or recommendation on what it means to find an authentic and, and, and true teacher. Like, you know, what, what, are, the, what are the signs that that's, that's a teacher? I don't know if it's mm. a question you can answer because it takes many different forms. But yes. But you know what comes directly to my mind is just... You have when you see an offering or whatever, or have an idea or grab a book or however the thing comes to you, you have to check what it's triggering in yourself as an intention to do that. Just find just like whatever comes or passes your way, uh, tune in what is triggered in you so what need is triggered it has to do something with the energy that comes around mm. so i i remember one of my first education classes i gave in the trainings there came a man and he said the question after the first two days was i have a question can you say 
will I have a payoff after the two years? I mean, I'm investing money and I definitely uh, want to go and work as a full-time healer after that and all that I have put in needs to come out. And I just said, okay, I cannot promise you that because everything that will happen the next two years depends on you. I just give you guidance and tell you what you're going to do. So, of course, he was not joining my course. <laughs> because <laughs> <You stopped> <laughs> So let's say let's see what is right or what is wrong. Mm. It's about your intention. So that guy definitely wanted to make money. So it was, I was mm. the wrong place because I knew it needs development and personal development and a lot of self-healing. When I just think like how many healings I received from my teachers, like 50 healings and 20 soul retrievals and hundreds mm. of ceremonies or whatever, it takes time. So that was the intention of that person. And he went to another institute or whatever, I don't know, at the end where he ended to find what he wanted to. Mm. So just check in, what is your intention? Mm. Is do you What is the, the need that you have? What is really your self-healing need? Just if you want to find what is really common also to learn energetic work or whatever spiritual thing because you feel like this is a passion of you and you could imagine that one day you will work with it mm. just be a little bit realistic and it can be that you will completely live on it one day because the world is needy in that how you said we need so many true and authentic people who found their own medicine in their hearts but it takes time and connect just with your true intent of healing mm. like if you if you go for a longing of changing your job into something that is interesting for you It's just a fragment of something that is deeper than that. There are so many layers below that longing. Mm. And you have to find that longing and then look for a place where this is addressed. Mm. And I love what you say about that intention because at the end of the day, like, we know. You know, when you read something or you meet someone, like, there is this first impression that, feels good or not and yeah often we choose to follow it or not but i think yeah when you follow it you know and tell me about i mean i could talk to you for hours and hours <laughs> but tell me about your relationship with the birds hmm i have chicken at home <laughs> <laughs> i know i love that just like well emily got to know me here in byron bay where I just, uh, like the Sunday before we met, I got here to the hippie market and just got feather extensions. In my, in She my looks head. like a bird, basically. <laughs> I have a, a lot of feathers in my hair right now. So it's interesting that you really found out so quickly about my relationship to birds. <laughs> 
Yeah, I really feel connected to birds. This is, I like the animals that have feathers. And I have a really sensitive and strong connection to them. Even if it's budgies or even my own chicken. I have chickens since 12 years now. And I found out if you give them time and space and attention, they can develop a whole character. It's not about only eating chicken <laughs> after one year, slaughtering them. It's much more to find out about that. And I don't know. It's just like that. Mm. I, I love the birds and they always my were and are still always my messengers. Do they speak to you? Can you hear what they're singing? I don't think so. I, I have no idea. I just... Maybe they speak to me because I always see them. I know. Even if they are hidden I've in the trees, that. they just get my attention in an energetic way and just turn around and then I see them. So in a way, of course, I'm speaking to them, but it's not like imagining that, the, yeah, the crow is having that message or that. This is just mind shit. <laughs> I would say I'm really, yes, I'm really <laughs> realistic with this. Just like story making up is so, so much fun but actually it's not serving your it's the yeah. mind exactly yeah and how do you think that humanity can reconnect with the heart more and not speaking with the yeah. mind only yeah um it's interesting like we have three centers we have the head the heart and the belly so the, heli, the belly is representing your body and your head is the, the representing the capacity of learning, of mm. wisdom. It's the only perception that we have in the head is being logic. We, we just say like everything must be logical for us so it will make sense for us. But... Actually, in the heart, all the emotions are not logical at all. We can have many, many different emotions at the same time. Mm. We can love and we can cry. We can feel sadness and even joy together, all mm. together. So the most important thing, I would say too, is first, accept that we are living in a world that says and and not or. So every time your mind says to you, you have to decide whether you feel that or that, you're definitely in your mind. Every time you feel a whether or, you're in your mind. Mm, interesting. When you allow yourself to have both, or that both things could be true or whatever, you're just opening and coming down from your head to your heart and opening up that perspective of thousands and millions of possibilities. And this is one really important key to accept and find out how often in day, daily life you say whether or mm -hmm. and you have struggled in yourself about how you should feel about a project or if you would say yes or if you would say no or what is your opinion to something. Mm. And then we have so much struggle in ourselves 
hanging in between that decision. Yes. And this is holding us in our minds. So the world of the heart is a world that says end. Mm. To combine that. And the second key that brings you more in your heart is coming back to your body. So activating the belly center means mm, coming into fully presence in your grounding. Grounding is not only something that we visualize in a chakra meditation, just like root <laughs> chakra going down or visualizing threads of light going down through your feet into the earth. This is one way to start. But actually, it's more like a full body scan, 24 hours, seven days a week. Really to feel your legs, to feel your belly, to feel solar plexus, your heart, your neck, your arms, your shoulders, how if you are just holding that or holding tension in that and becoming aware of the body reactions in your daily life. Mm. Then you become fully present in your temple and then you really perceive things that were hidden from you before mm. and that helps you bringing in the stability into your heart from below coming up to your heart bringing in stability to really open that vessel in that world where end can exist mm. and you gotta open a strong space in your heart that from your body saying end I don't have to decide between I can be that and I can be angry on him and I can understand him the same time. Mm. And from that end world and that deep grounding in our body, we will start to make different decisions from that perspective. Then because mm. we got an understanding of our own world, that we are that we are multi-dimensional beings we have multi-facets multi-layers mm. we have the thoughts we have the big emotional body which is full of thousands of different feelings the whole day yeah. and we got that consciousness of our body that has an own consciousness and own earth consciousness and your job is to be the Pachamama of all your fragments. You are the space holder and holding space for all your thoughts to be okay in there, to belong, for all your feelings to belong in that container and for all reactions and truths your body holds. Mm. And then to manage them, to bring conflicts between body and emotions or emotions and mind or mind and body into communication and emerging mm. that into a how you say like an alchemy like if you paint you put red and blue and you get purple out of mm. it and the purple will be your decision you're gonna take directly from your heart it's not the red or the blue mm. mix it and I think this is so powerful. And how would that work for people who are dealing with pain? Like mm, chronic like me pain the, yeah. or like 
you know, people at the hospital and they're really like feeling their body so much that probably, you know, it's like a whole, um, it's like a whole universe out there, you know? Yeah. Mm, there comes another thing into it to really start this process to centering in your heart and opening your centers and that is the cleansing mm. because everything that is alive in your universe like also the thoughts and the emotions are energy so we accumulate that if we 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 take daily showers but we do not take daily energetic showers to cleanse out all the trash thoughts that we had through the day, all the hundreds of internal conversations and conflict that we managed through all the day. They leave trash in your system, and mm. the shamans call that heavy energy, hucha. And hucha is blocking your energy flow. So if you have a full trash bin in your system, that really needs to be cleared out first with help. Mm. Because otherwise, you just experience in a, in a circle over and over again what everything that is in the trash bin. You're sitting right in the trash bin. You mm. are the trash bin. <laughs> so to really find out um, how you can bring up I would say like to really start to come back into your body and to listen to your body first step will be to cleanse out your mm. heavy energy in all your body in your energetic body but also in your physical body because the longer we hold that heavy energy it comes into your body and It goes into your organs and your lungs and all, all your cells and gets like, like glue. And you really have to do a lot of cleansing work on that mm. to feel what is under the trash. Mm. Yeah, that's so important. I did that. That For me, the cleansing thing was the most important thing. Cleansing, mm. cleansing, cleansing. And then you get the awareness to find out what actually are your thinking patterns and your inner conflicts. Before mm. cleansing, you don't, you don't. And getting help with that and just healing all the shocks that you ever had, the traumas, collecting all the pieces of yourself that you lost in different situations that were overwhelming mm. is also an important part of the shamanic work, which they call soul retrieval. Mm. to collect all the pieces back and bring the, your whole life force back to your center so you can become a strong core, like a magnetic core the earth holds where all everything is just cycling around that, mm. like a gravity gravity core in your heart for your own pieces, yeah. Wow, that's, that's amazing. I mean, to me, like you're just describing the essence of medicine and life and you know harmony it's it's quite amazing it gives a lot of hope also 
Um, and what are your dreams these days? Mm. What are my dreams? Actually, it's not on a personal level. I have not so many dreams right now, but what really keeps me going here, this path is like a strong sense of worth. I would say like a deep love to the earth that I always feel like, oh my God, this planet, this ecosystem that we have with all the beings amazes me every time I experience it in a beautiful way that it's definitely worth for me to put in all my force as much as I have in this lifespan here to remember the people to act in a different way with nature. I think this is really my main pulling and mission here. And of course, exploring as much as I can also from earth places, different places. There are so many holy mountains I want to mm. touch and I want to be touched by that I want to integrate to get to know them. Is that why you came to Australia? Also, yeah. It just felt like, oh, I got to know that continent. What is going on here? How does it feel like here when you are here how does it how is the ocean here how are the mountains here the volcanoes what about the animals just you store it in your being this is what and how does it feel for you here now <laughs> really beautiful i must say mm -hmm. really wonderful really nourishing here at that place and um really awakened also here in Byron Bay where we are right now I can't say still about the other things but in two weeks I'm gonna have a visit and a ceremony at Ayers Rock which called me also to visit him saying hey come on yeah it's just like there's always a carer of a country or like a main space holder Mm -hmm. And here's it's definitely Ayas Rock in the center. They call it the heart of the land. So I'm really keen to know him mm. and also the female uh, mountains beside him, Katatuta. So really to tune into the godfathers, the nature godfathers of the country. Mm. And big mountains or holy power spots, temples, whatever, I always have an important role for the country. Mm. And that means just like I'm still getting to know Pachamama and all her aspects. Yeah. Getting to know her just like a friend. And the more time you spend with her, you get to know her better and better and better and better. And the no the more I get to know her better. I gotta know myself better. Mm. Yeah, that's so powerful. <laughs> and you know, um, there is one thing I would love for you to to maybe share or, or do. But um, I have to say uh, to to the people listening that um, I was blessed to actually um, experience a ceremony with Madita during the the full moon. 
and it was really really like um like precious humbling powerful like enlightening there's so many words mm. that come to mind and i was especially touched by her language with panchamama and the way <laughs> she expressed even the word panchamama is is really profound and maybe is there um not maybe a prayer or maybe something that you know connects you with panchamama mm. that maybe you would want to share if it's the right of course mm. place to do this mm, yeah you mean like to call in her forces and just to feel her a little bit and talk to her in your unique way Yes, um, mm. to protect, I mean, even maybe to bless your beautiful story that you just shared with us, yeah. which was really uh, profound. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do just the blessing of it. I'm just going to light a candle here for me. Yes. The rest that we got for the candle. <laughs> I buy new candles. Ah, yeah, that gives atmosphere, creating space. Ой, почему мама мама мои? 
calling in the love of the earth and the love of nature and the love of the holy mountains and all the star nations. May all be healed, let our soul already healed. And feeling compassion to the path that we go day by day. Knowing that Pachamama is always there. She has been here before you were born. She has witnessed everything on her body. And she is witnessing all the tears that you may cry. All the joy that you may feel about all the insights and happy moments. And she is here every night when you leave your body to her lap to be protected while you in the night reconnect to your home in the stars. And every morning she's there when you come back to your beautiful temple of elements. Noticing that you are breathing and gifting the world with every breath your essence and your talents, your gift, the rhythm of your heart. And she will be there when you become older. She will witness all the challenges that you will go through here. And she will also be there the one day you will take your last breath. In gratitude, returning your body to her. Giving back the wisdom that you borrowed from her planet to the mountains and going back with your soul to the stars. Just remember that. And know that you are never ever alone here. You not only may feel the nature around you and perceive it, Nature perceives you too. The ground you are walking on is touching and knowing your body. The trees you are looking at are looking at you and will remember you next time you come and pass by. What if 
all nature around you, even the bricks of your house, are part of Pachamama and embracing you in every action you take day by day on this planet in your life. How would this change your feeling of life? Gracias, Urpichai Sonkoi Pachamama. Urpichai Sonkoi, gracias por tu energía, por tu bendición. Gracias, Uko Pachakai Pachahana Pacha. Gracias a las montañas, a los suyo, a los de Perú, a los angatis, a cantar un montaje machu picho en el picho. Gracias a Uluru, Ayas Rock, here in Australia. And thank you so much, this beautiful soul that is sitting in front of me, allowing us that our heart merges like red and blue into a beautiful purple that we created here tonight. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. Hayaya, it means it's like that. Say hayaya. Hayaya. <laughs> Thank you, thank you.